It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Mike Up, an unapologetic podcast about area activism based right here in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. On this episode, we're kind of going back to our origin story. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you'll know that our first episode featured none other than Sun Michelle. Uh, we visited with Sun as he embarked upon his journey at Harvard University. Um, he was just about to introduce the Gullah language to the African language program there up up in, uh, in the Boston area. And so what happened was I began to d- dig through my supply bag. So like I'm looking through old phones, um, you know, old cameras, SD cards, and I came across some footage that I forgot I had. Now, again, the first episode of this podcast featured Sun, and, and we went into depth and, and, and to great lengths to really explain what his project was, what the language program was, and how he uh, received this opportunity. But with this special interview, I found it to be very candid. Um, throughout the day, I spent the entire day with Sun and his niece Natalie, and we walked along his family property, and we we just took a, a drive through his community, his hometown. But with this conversation, he and I, we we find ourselves just leaning up against a, a warped tree, a tree that looks like it's been bent by either wind or some sort of storm, and we're able to have this really. Uh, I, I feel it was a very candid cultural exchange. Now, he's a native Charlestonian or a native to the low country, and I'm somewhat of a come here, Benya mix hybrid, right? <laughs> My father being a native of, of Wadmala Island. But even though we don't have the same upbringing, there is something to be said about the exchange between two black individuals who have a unique experience um, being just citizens in this country. So I hope you learn a lot about both Sun and his ambitions at Harvard. And yeah, and I hope you also are intrigued enough, if you haven't already, to go back and visit the first episode. But keep in mind, that was my first episode. I was learning, so it might be a little rough around the edges. And you know what? We embrace that. And I can't wait to continue to document the growth with each episode. So thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the other side. being home I want to know how that might play into or how does that feed you at your next station because you're about to embark upon something monumental you're about to teach Gullah language at Harvard yeah um the being here is actually a reminder of why it's important to do it or why I decided to do it in the first place um because I actually waited until I had completed a semester before telling anyone. Really? And so, not only am I about to do it, I'm, about, I'm, I'm actually about to do it for the second semester. Oh, so you've already, it's just now making waves and, and <laughs> headlines and, wow. Yeah, okay. be, you know, because I, I wanted to, um, to wait and um, it was so important I wanted to get it right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have answers to the questions that would inevitably be asked 
um, and not just have promise and hope, but mm. actually have results wow. and, and, and answers that I could show it not only can be done, it has been done and will continue to be done um, so that people can have a greater respect for results than um, desire to do a thing that hadn't been done before. Wow. And so being home reminds me of why I did it in the first place. Um, mm. For my many of the vocabulary words that I come up with, many of the phrases, many of the colloquialisms, most of them actually, mm -hmm. are things that I heard every day, things that I've heard from my parents, things that I heard from my father. My, my father um, took, I gave a portion of the exam to, you know, to my father and, um, you know, and my, and my niece was there and he aced it. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, wow. So a, a man who not been at Harvard, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, my my, well, my father was self-educated after the eighth grade. Wow. And so um, he wasn't able to finish the ninth grade because he... Like many fathers. Absolutely. Like many, yeah. Of his generation, mm -hmm. he, um, you know, to take care of his family. Um, and he was self-educated um, for the most part. And we never lost touch of our Gullah uh, roots in the way that we spoke around the house. And that was very important. Um, and so when someone who is an older black man from the South, Gullah um, Geechee black man from the South who didn't finish school past the, um, you know, the ninth grade um, and largely self-educated is able to swim through a Harvard exam. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. because it's, it's, it goes to show how important cultural bias is to the way that we're measuring intelligence in these schools. Right, so even like someone from the outside could say, wow, they're teaching this, this language you know, at Harvard, and I, I put up air quotes as, you know, it may be... To them, it's language. Right. To us, it's literal. Or, or even reduced to pigeon or yeah, something yeah. that's not... The goal is much more than that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is people mistakenly call it a pigeon often, and it's not a pigeon. A pigeon is, is basically a melange of different languages mm -hmm. that are put together in a sense like a slang or a very casual um, sort of um, language that take two fully adult languages and blend them together. Like where, Spanglish, I think, or loosely, to, or something. Something of that nature. Yeah. Like, um, but a Creole is a fully formed, mature language of its own oh, okay. that involves components of different languages. Mm -hmm. But it in, it, in and of itself, is a different language. Now, the, the origin of Gullah mm -hmm. started out originally as a pigeon, um, where you have um, West African languages with English, mm -hmm. where these people had to communicate with one another. But ultimately, once it got here um, uh, to, uh, the, you know, South Carolina and, and off the coast, and the Barrier Islands, in, in secluded areas where the, uh, the, you know, the enslaved people were had the privacy and the space to be able to speak amongst themselves without, mm. um, you know, white intervention. Um, that's when it started to grow and mature and evolve into the Creole that it is now. Wow. Um, and that's something that allowed us to be able to be essentially bilingual in the sense that we could speak our own language and also speak the language of those who um, had us in bondage. And one thing that I want to add about that is that I know that a lot of people think that, you know, teaching Gullah to, you know, Bakradam is like... Is, now wait, what? The Bakradam? You know, Bakra, you know, okay. is, is a term that, you know, Gullah people use for, you know, white people. Okay. And, um, okay. And okay. <laughs> so people think you're teaching it at this elite university, this Ivy 
league institution. This is this is not where Gullah belongs. Like yeah, I mean, and and that's that's the thing is, um, it's two parts to that where you they they have it envision um, me just teaching to purely white affluent you know rich kids. Um, you know, Gullah, and they can't even imagine, like, first of all, how does this even make sense, and right. why would they do it, and um, it's a general course, but that's not really how it works, right. I mean, it's a, a course that um, is taken upon request for academic reasons, oh. um, not just a general course um, that everyone would be taking as a mandatory class. So it has to fit into a specific curriculum and an objective. Yeah, there's right. an objective, there's some right. sort of um, component where it's necessary or needed for something, and... Um, not just something that you know people take uh, just out of curiosity. Not an elective. Yeah, at yeah. this level of yeah. your education, you don't just take classes for, out of, out of fancy. Right. Um, Is this graduate level? Is this graduate? Uh, oh, okay. Graduate and, and undergrad, but but as of now, I'm teaching um, graduates. Oh and wow! So, yeah, so it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're you're past that stage mm -hmm. of just kind of taking a class up at the mm -hmm. shrug of a shoulder just because you kind of want. Right. I need to fill in some credit hours. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, um, but the important thing about that, though, is that it's not the word, mm. okay? It's not the literal word itself. Um, them understanding what we're saying as a word, they've, they've always understood, for the most part, um, the words that we would say. Um, and even at Gullah Geechee people, if they were able to decipher the actual language, it wasn't the specific word itself, it was the meaning. Mm. That's where the code was. Okay. Because if we're all singing Wade in the Water right. and the overseer knows right. the words Wade in the Water, right. it's not that, that, oh, now that he's heard us saying Wade in the Water, they're going to be able to catch us trying to get away. Mm. It's because they don't know that that's what it means. Right. So we can still preserve the coded meaning of words um, even if they know what the word is, but they don't have to know what the meaning of the word is in our context. If we maintain our narrative in our context, which is not something that I'm teaching, you know, I'm not giving away ancient Negro secrets, right. you know? It's not, you know <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, it's, no, it's not like that, you know. But I think that's the remarkable part of, 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 of this course is that you're introducing a language to maybe new audiences, but you're also speaking to its rich history in some ways, I, I know, you know, so you get to not only tell the what, but the why. And I think that's well, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's important because with Gullah, um, you need some historical or social context in right. order to be able to understand some of the turns of phrase. Right. And so, um, you know, it, it's it, and I, the example that I um, often use is the phrase, um, you know, Sunday go to meeting. Mm. If you understand the term Sunday go to meeting, it's literally Sunday go to meeting. Right. And somebody understanding that phrase, if they do a direct translation of Sunday go to meeting to Sunday go to meeting, mm. that literally means nothing right. to them. Like, okay, maybe on Sunday he's going to a meeting. Like, <laughs> right. what does that even mean? Right. But in the Gullah community, um, if you know the importance of of uh, church and spirituality that has played in our in our culture, then you know that you typically dress mm. in your best clothes for going to church so that phrase means something totally different with that so that yeah so yeah, if right. i see you going to um you know to an interview mm -hmm. and i said oh look at me going <laughs> sunday go to meet another interview 
You mean you can get that job. Okay. You know, right, yeah, I, right. I hear you now. I okay. see you. Right. You know, and, and what I'm saying is like, you know, oh, I see you wearing your best clothes right. to, you know, to, for this job interview. Wow. Oh, okay, I see you. Okay. You know, and that's essentially what it means is like your Sunday best. But you need to know some social context in order for that phrase to make sense. But if you don't live in the community mm. and you're not familiar with that social aspect mm. of our phrases, all you'll have is the word, the verbatim translation, right. but not the meaning. So you mentioned uh, earlier that you wanted, you want something tangible, like when it's all said and done, and as you travel the country and you educate others on Gullah culture, you want something tangible. And I feel like this course, while, though it's, it's an academic setting, it's a classroom, mm-hmm. I feel like it is something that people can take away take away they can walk away with something having mm-hmm. learned something having earned something and learning more about this culture do you feel like uh, it, it, how important is this for you to have to leave something impart something to someone else about Gullah and leave it with them leave a little piece of it well one of the things that I like about um, what my director Dr. Um, John Magani does mm-hmm. is um, he's he's a records guy he likes to make sure that he has um things recorded mm-hmm. and things kept and things maintained for posterity mm-hmm. uh, to be able to um, show the work um, to be able to demonstrate mm-hmm. the intellectual and academic um, you know uh, credibility of a thing mm-hmm. by being able to show it again and again and again like mm-hmm. that's that's essentially the the um, scientific you know, definition in a sense of a fact of being able to demonstrate it mm. repeatedly, mm. Um, and in a sense, that's kind of where you get a lot of your academic, you know, credibility from. Is not if you can just do something as a fluke, but mm. can you repeat those results? Can you repeat repeat that um, that program, and can you do it again? Mm. Um, and so, for me, the challenge isn't, you know, can I teach a, a, a Gullah class or Gullah mm. course at Harvard because I've already done that. Mm. It's can I do it again and again and again and, and grow then leave something. And, right behind for someone else to, to, to take advantage so, of. So, is this like a blueprint? Do you do you see, maybe, I don't know how far ahead you thought about where this could go, because this is revolutionary, this is this is groundbreaking. Do you see this maybe serving as a blueprint for other institutions, like your historically black colleges, or your community, like, where do you see this this course work going? Um, yeah, I, I, I think people, Some there are some people who, who, who would ask, um, you know, like why not Howard? Or mm. Why not, you know, mm. Spelman or some, you know, some other. You've had that criticism. Yeah, I've, I've had that, and, and and to some degree, I'm not even sure if if they meant it as much of a, a criticism or inquiry. But mm. they, they, the the response is like, you know, Harvard. Why not Howard? Mm. Well, let's ask Howard. Let's right. let's ask. Yeah. You know, um, right. you know. I'm, I'm just as curious as you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. why not? And you know? open, right. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah, let's do it. Right. You, know, you want um, Gullah to be everywhere, right? You don't, I, I want right. it to be um, normalized. Right. Um, I don't want it to be bastardized. Right. But I want it to be normalized. Right. So do you feel like you're a steward of the culture? Um, you know, sometimes I, 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 you know, compare stewardship to someone being a gatekeeper. You feel you're, you're a, more of a steward of the the culture and if not an ambassador it's because that almost feels different but you feel, you feel like you can take care of the culture and, and and bring it to other places and stations or I thought that and I still think okay. that 
if I can do this mm -hmm. literally being myself, mm -hmm. that's success to me. Wow. Success is if I don't have to put on airs, mm. if I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not, if I don't have to bump up and hype up my gulliness, mm. you know, if I don't have to put on a performance, if my gulla doesn't have to be performative in order to be authentic. Wow. That's powerful. I'm just, that's very powerful because it is who you are. Absolutely. And you don't have to put on anything or have an affect that speaks to gullah culture. It is who you are. Well, and, right? and it's like, you know, oh, well, if, how can he be the gullah teacher if he ain't even talking gullah right now? <laughs> you know, most of this interview, you know, he, he uses standard English. But you're code switching, right? Absolutely, because right. it's instinctive right. and, and, well, not necessarily instinctive, it's conditioned. Um, and it's how we navigate people of color. Navigate. Second nature. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Sec second nature for us because that's the world that we live in. Um, and adaptation is the number one rule of survival. And so we do what we must to um, be where we must, you know. And, and that's that's a thing. But, um, you know, you talk to my mama, talk to my daddy. I mean, listen, my, my daddy, daddy laughed so hard <laughs> when... We were just going through all of the the, the, the phrases, and he's like, "Now you telling me, you teach them that?" I said, "Um, I said, yeah, you know." I said, "Um, one of the questions I said on the the gullah exam was, you know, even looking sporty, any blank oh, go to meet." Wow. And he said, "Even looking sporty, boy, you ain't talking like that up there." And I said, "You, you wow. actually say even looking sporty?" Wow. And I said, um, yeah, I say, that, yeah, that's what I say on the test. <laughs> and he said, you know, what? Well, and I said, on the blank go to meet. He's Sunday. Why Sunday? It's a Sunday go to meeting. He yeah. fill in the blank. Is yeah. it's the Sunday go to meeting? <laughs> and he said, um, he said, I said, um, this this y'all the first, um, the, the third time the thing that happened. Now we can go ahead and start this blank from sucking egg now. Oh wow! And wow. he said, um, <laughs> he said, what what go in the blank? He said, dog. <laughs> we can stop this dog y'all from sucking egg. Wow. And um, so, and wow. These are. <laughs> all things that I grew up hearing right. that I that I knew and we know right. what we're we know what we're doing. Right. I, I, there was a professor that I was introduced to at um, Harvard who's from South Carolina and we had a quick little exchange and acknowledgement of familiarity mm -hmm. that was there because we know the cultural reference right. of Gullah. We, right. we know this. Right. And we may speak one way them but you, once you get a second to yourself, you can like... Okay, got it, right. You know, mm -hmm. and what I want to do is us to do that to the world. Wow. For us to be, um, you know, Gullah doesn't have a Bob Marley oh. that took Patwa to the world. To the mainstream. To the, to the, yeah. to, you know, it doesn't have a reggae. Right. It doesn't have a... Um, uh, uh, it, 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 be careful yeah, with the wording. I know, right. Um, it's not that Gullah hasn't contributed artistically to the world. It has. And it does have definitely musical influence. Absolutely. Say, Jazz and things that. of that right. nature. But what has happened is Gullah has been separated from our contributions mm -hmm. to the point where people do not associate right. those things right. with Gullah. Therefore, they don't realize that Gullah indeed does have a reggae. Right. Like Gullah does have a Bob Marley. Like Gullah does have those things. Like they don't recognize that because it's been disconnected. Right. And so what I mean by it doesn't have those things is that it doesn't have recognizably signature as Gullah, right. Gullah's signature on it as a Gullah creation or Gullah representative, Gullah Geechee representative, on a level that has been able to um, normalize. Mm -hmm. You know, I walk into a, a, a Walmart in, in Tennessee right. and walk past and there's a little 10-year-old kid 
little white kid in camouflage mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. looks at me and says, Amon. Right, right. You know, Amon right. Dread. Right, right, right. You right. know, right. Rastafari right. Dread. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> uh, right, right. You know, right. Uh, little dude, right. you know. But it's because, you know, you grow up on, on Junior Gong. You grow up yeah. on, you know, right. you know, you have things that make you feel, it's made, you know, Pat's are cool. Mm. And, and I know that there are lots of people who are like, yeah, that's exactly a part of the problem. You know, and I get that. Right. But what I'm saying is that you're still associated with your culture and your language. Mm. Like, people will always take advantage and always try right. to colonize everything. Right. everything. Appropriate everything. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you get to, when people meet me out in the street and they, and in the world, they ask me if I'm Jamaican. Right. Right. How many people are asking Jamaicans if they're coming? Exactly. Oh, wow. Wow. You see right. what I'm saying? How many people right. are asking people from the Bahamas, you right. know, are you, are you Gullah, Geechee, right. whatever? They ask people from the, um, you know, us if right. we're Bohemian. Bro- right. Um, and the reason is because their culture is still so closely associated with them that when people hear it or see it in effect, you know, out in the world, the first thing that they do is associate it back to the people. And what I'm trying to do is create a situation to where Gullah becomes so normalized that it's not just something that is recognized or mistakenly um, seen as something else. I want them to ask me, are you Gullah? I'll know that I'm doing my job when someone says, hey, are you, are you Gullah Geechee? Wow. And it's become just as much a part of American culture as George Washington and, and, or, or whatever type of uh, caricatures we can draw up. But you want it to be just as, just as common as yeah. some of the other things. Absolutely, yeah. because, right. in, and a part of the reason that that's necessary is because um, a friend of mine told me, uh, you know, story but when I got down here mm-hmm. um, we were talking about the situation and that where the, the gullah right. goes to Harvard story right. had blown up right <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> sounds like a movie exactly <laughs> right. and um so he was telling me that how his his daughter's uh teachers mm-hmm. had inv- um asked him requested a, a, a meeting with him and his wife um Tim to come down there mm-hmm. and talk to them about their daughter's speech impediment the fact that she might need um, some sort of special class or um, speech training or something like that right. because she wasn't getting the words right. Speech therapy or speech something. Speech therapy. Yeah. And, and so he went down there to, to you know, see what the matter was, mm-hmm. and they had her, you know, do a reading. And as it turns out, the speech impediment was that she was Geechee. Wow. So she was speaking her native tongue. Um, yeah. And they thought it was her having problems pronouncing Pronouncing English. the words. Right. Wow. And he, you know, of course, you know, had to go go in when he realized what was happening <laughs> right. here um, and tell him there's nothing wrong with her there's something wrong with you because mm. you you live in a city right. where this is the um, indigenous language that been here first before mm. people who talked the way that he talked even been here and now you're trying to tell her there's something wrong with her mm. but there's something wrong with you because this year been here first right right so, wow. so now that, yeah, he so able to take he, he was able to take that that story mm. And it going viral and becoming like such positive news, and come to her and said, "Now you see, baby, that language that they've been trying to tell you that you couldn't talk in school <laughs> is being teach in a school, mm. poverty." Wow. You see, what I'm saying, yeah. and so now in that instant, she's able to say, "Okay, mm. so it ain't me," right. because it's not so much like, "Oh, well, we need Harvard to validate her worth." That's not what it was about. His, her father, and and the mother, and and right. within herself, that was already taken that care. Was already of. reinforced. But yeah. 
in a sense, it was like big bank take little bank. Okay. When Harvard was able to come in over their school right. and say, nah, right. this is valid, right. leave her alone. Wow. You know, and I want to be clear that when I say Harvard, what I mean is the African language program under the uh, direction of Dr. John Magani. Right. Um, you know, Harvard is a, a multifaceted institution with very many um, parts and components. Um, and in this case, what helped to make this a reality was the fact that I was dealing with um, an African-American studies program with African-Americans in, in, in conjunction with Africans in the African language program, a, a very, very black, um, you know, uh, wing of Harvard that sees and respects and acknowledges where we are and wanted and, to give that the respect that it deserves. And, and sought after Gullah. They, they sought after Gullah and, and wanted to bring that into their studies, into their curriculum. Absolutely, and that's right. what's important is, um, you know, there, there were so many discrepancies in the, in the, in the initial story that right. was um, put out by Charleston um, City Paper, and one of them was a line that the, the, the course was the brainchild mm. of um, the graduate student, which wasn't the case. Right. Um, this course is, is came about in part because um, I just happened to be in this line of serendipitous, mm. you know, in, um, interaction, uh, intersection with a director who always had a, a, a love and appreciation and respect for language in general and particularly Gullah, the Gullah language and wanted it before we met. He had wanted Gullah to be a part of the program and finally had the opportunity to make it a reality. Um, and, you know, there was this line um, where I said in an interview, which actually was, wasn't really meant to be a quote, but it was just kind of offhanded thing where I said, wait, did I just get hired? Well, what I meant by that was I had walked into the, right. the, the initial meeting with years and years of skepticism about how, built based on how Gullah had been accepted in academia, how Gullah had been accepted in the school, in the scholastic system, and um, I didn't have any great expectations right. of what that meeting would yield, except that it would be a good contact and it would be, um, you know, a, a nice meeting. start of a conversation, conversation, an important conversation. Yeah. And, I, and I love talking about right. Gullah. It would right. always be great if I could, you know, be a, a consultant or something mm -hmm. on anything. Um, Gullah, I would love to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, so my surprise wasn't that I had gotten hired. My surprise was what me getting, you know, recommended for hire meant, which, of course, I should also clarify that I didn't get hired on the spot. Right. I was recommended yep. for hire, and I still had to go through uh, you a, know, lengthy a process, process to be yeah. able to be okay. say that I was officially hired. Wow. Um, but at, at any rate, um, it was what the hire meant that, wait a minute, so you're saying that Gullah's actually going to get the recognition and the respect that right. um, that I believe it deserves right. at one of the, you know, most esteemed, you know, academic institutions in the world. Right. That was what surprised me because I, in an instant, had to reconcile a lifetime of animosity right. towards right. the way that, and hurt. You know, towards to the way I, I'm in, in, in literally in a split second, I had to reconcile, um, and and he gave me closure on mm -hmm. being forced to say tomato because I said tomato. Right. Years of just you know, fighting, tussling with that, people not taking Gullah as seriously or or, or seeing it as a viable form of language. Being told it was right. ignorant, being right. told that you're uneducated, right. and and, and um, right. you know, I, I was a you know child prodigy. I was right. you know. Uh, writing songs at four, playing instruments at seven, and played you know twenty five different instruments at seventeen, and yet I was still considered ignorant right. by very many people right. who, uh, because simply because of the way that I spoke, right. and in, in in one bolt of lightning, 
you know, it was like, whoa, wait, I have to, like, reconfigure a lot of the way that I view this thing in an instant, because here's a man who had the vision, um, and, and, you know, the wherewithal to not only see the value, but say, you know what, I think this is worth further investigation, let's, let's bring this on and take a look at it, and, um, that's what the surprise was, um, the surprise wasn't like, oh, wait a minute, am I capable of doing this, like, I'm not some... You know, idiot that walked into my my cousin. Hey, my cousin is the manager at Burger King. He said you can hook me up. Right, you, know. you didn't get the Harvard hookup. Yeah, it, 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 there's no <laughs> yeah, there's no such there's thing. There's no such thing as yeah. the Harvard hookup. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I don't doubt by any means that you landing at Harvard was not a testament to hard work and to you knowing what you're talking about in yeah. terms of gullet. So um, I think it's it's revolutionary. Do you, do you view this as a form of activism? Because I know you consider yourself among being an artist. And other things, an activist as yeah, well. Yeah. Well, I, I I do think that it has the um, the results of activi- activism. Mm-hmm. Even if in that moment I wasn't consciously thinking this is going to be an activist move, in my mind, after the fact, I start seeing the effect of it. Mm-hmm. I I have when you have a, an older sister that mm-hmm. comes up, mm-hmm. and I'm in the store, mm-hmm. and they look in mm-hmm. like. Right. I, right. you're the one right. that you know. You 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 teaching that um, right. girl at the yeah. at the school, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah. teaching that. Yeah. I said I must. Yes, ma'am. You know yeah. that's that's me. I'm I'm, I'm an obviously saying and she give me the big old you know big hug and I said you baby you just keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then she tell me her story right. about you know when she was young, you know, mm-hmm. and what she went through. And I've gotten so many of those stories. I've gotten so many people that have approached me because I'm here in Charleston when the story broke. Right. I wanted to make sure that when the, when the news broke, I was home. Right. Right. Um, and able to meet anyone who wants to talk, anyone yes, who's an advocate or re- a representative, because right. there are a lot of people who have been putting in so much work in advocacy and representation over the years. Right. They've paid their dues as um, ad- advocates for Gullah. And not only Gullah, uh, the culture, but actually the land um, activism to preserve um, Gullah lands um, and these families. And I wanted to make sure that, that I made myself accessible, available to them um, to cons- answer any questions, any concerns. And I think that all of their work in tandem with your what you're about to embark upon, I think they all work together. Yeah. And I think that um, without them, without you, they, none of it would exist. So, yeah. 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 I, I definitely yeah. see that them working together um, not one working against the other mm-hmm. I, I I personally feel also that much of the story is sometimes mm-hmm. put framed in a way where Harvard is bringing all the value to mm-hmm. the story ah. as opposed to it being an even exchange right. of Gullah uh, enriching Harvard and what you will right. and, and it's just Harvard validating Gullah like no what we have here is that Harvard is is mm-hmm. giving um, Gullah some degree of social cachet, some degree of right. of lending some of its status to be able to empower mm-hmm. the Gullah Geechee people to say to the people who do mm-hmm. view that as the be all end all of value in, in certain segments of society mm-hmm. to say, well, we do have that, wow. you wow. know, um, in a sense. But at the same time, we're also enriching the Gullah um, is also enriching uh, Harvard and also enriching that program, right along with the other 44 languages that are being wow. languages that are being taught in that department. And it is really a familial scenario where 
that we're looking out for one another. We have a very great tradition, a strong tradition of um, interacting with one another and helping one another out and helping one another up um, and strengthening one another. Um, uniquely speaking, uh, I happen to be in a unique situation where a lot of the, well, some of the regions where Gullah originated in Africa, there are representatives from those regions sitting right at the table with me who can show, <coughs> excuse me, who can show where some of the things that I'll say in Gullah sometimes, right. they'll say, oh. They can hear it. Yeah, they we have, we, you know, yeah. we have that right. phrase. Like, right. we, we have a phrase that means right. exactly that. Oh, you know, like, Una, you, 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 you know, we have Una. Like, oh, we have, you know, we have right. Una. And, and you're able to say, whoa, so Gullah really is legit a part of this community and belongs in this community. So the idea that if given the opportunity to literally have a seat at the table. Right. Elevated. You know. Elevated the culture. Right. I, I, Gullah deserves a seat at the table. And to be the one sitting in that seat as a representative for my culture does feel, um, it feels like activism in, in a sense. But I know that um, for me to really substantiate, to, for me to make it, make it really matter and stick and not just be a one-shot deal, mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I do the work, that I um, earn the respect and maintain the respect of you know, my people here and not just there. So I hope you were able to really uh, learn something new from this bit of audio. Uh, again, I found this. I, I forgot that I had this on an old phone, and I was so like just blown away by what I heard when I re went back and re-listened to it. Um, I, it gives you a better sense as to not only who Sun is, but uh, what goes into his work and. I just think he's, it's just a valuable conversation to have. And I encourage folks to start having these conversations with fellow creatives or with other creatives here. Um, you know, it's been a, a, an amazing weekend. Um, this is Sunday at the time of the recording of this episode. And I'm fresh off the heels of an amazing concert event, one that I've publicized uh, many times in previous episodes. And it was my friend, Benny Starr, a local hip hop artist. It was his uh, live recording of his sophomore effort. And it was held at the Charleston Music Hall. And when I tell you uh, the cultural shift that I experienced last night, um, when I tell you that it was profound and it was complete and that it was um, very inspirational, I I'm not overstating it, right? I'm, I'm not being, I guess, hyperbolic. Uh, I sense a great shift. I think what both Sun and Benny have been capable of doing is creating a cultural blueprint, uh, a blueprint where we can now kind of design our own destinies. We can create our own narrative and chart our own course the way that these two men in two very different uh, uh, areas or two very different avenues, the way they've done it. And that's what we need. Um, sometimes when we see change, when we see uh, innovative voices emerge, or when we see something that has never been done before, like Gullah being introduced to Harvard University, we're, we're oftentimes skeptical. And sometimes that skepticism, and I'll speak for myself, sometimes my skepticism comes from perhaps a little insecurity or also frustration. Um, how many of all of you listening can identify with being trapped in a job or in a role or a task that doesn't speak to your heart. 
that doesn't push you creatively, doesn't push you intellectually or, or spiritually. And sometimes that frustration makes us look at other people's ascension a little different. And I'm not trying to introduce like bad vibes into this conversation about Sun, but he it's well noted that he did receive a fair amount of criticism from his own community members. And I'm gentle with my fellow black folk and Sun is as well. And he mentioned it in the first episode. Uh, you know, we, we love black people and 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 what he said specifically was, you know, he even loves what comes with that. And and that's where I'm at with it, right? I'll I'll never or rather I'll seldom throw away um my black people, no matter how flawed they are. Um and so I say all that to say like when you see another person and you see them beginning to ascend to higher heights, you know, it's it, there's a lot of strength and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to be gained from championing them on and, and, and rooting for them to succeed because they're actually blazing a trail for you. They're creating that cultural blueprint for you that you can follow yourself. And, and like he mentioned in this interview, you know, well, why isn't Gullah at Harvard? Excuse me. Why isn't Gullah at Howard or any other HBCU? Well, why isn't it? You know, that question is a valid question, but the onus isn't on Sun to create that or to answer that. The onus is on us. So if we see a deficit, if we see an, an opportunity for our culture to, to expand or to, to be taught, why not introduce it to Trident or why not introduce it to CFC or USC or Clemson and so on and so forth? The sky's the limit. And having these conversations with so many creatives this weekend and revisiting this content it just shows me that, yeah, what we can do is beyond our dreams and it's just, let's just go for it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Send me feedback in the show notes. You'll see all the ways you can contact me and stay in touch. And I hope you do. I hope that you grow with me. It's very important. Um, and also you'll find out about any maybe upcoming events in the show notes I also encourage you to support this podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, um, please just rate and subscribe. And yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. Thank you. Take care.